For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Joshua chapter number 14 and verses 6 through 8 is what we'll be at today. Joshua chapter 14 and verses 6 through 8. As we're looking at leadership, Caleb was a great leader. Even though he was never the top dog in charge, so to speak, he was still a leader in his own sense. And you can be too, whether you're at the top of the pack, in the center of the pack, or even at the bottom. God can still use you to influence others for his good and for his glory. Amen. Look with me now in Joshua chapter 14, verse number six. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Notice that what he said in that last part. I brought him the word that it was in my heart. Verse number eight. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. There, everybody else's hearts melted, but he said, I wholly followed the Lord. You know why he wholly followed the Lord? Because he totally and wholly and fully completely believed the Lord God. And let me just tell you, you will not totally follow and be sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ unless you totally, totally and fully and completely believe his word, the Bible. Amen. And the more that you believe it, the more that you learn it, the more that you know it, the more confidence that you will have in God Almighty that I believe, Lord, that you can do what you said you're going to do. I have faith. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what you listen to is so important according to that. If faith cometh by hearing, think about that. Think about some of the things you've listened to or some of the things you heard. It's so important what you allow in your ears. Amen. So here's talking about Caleb. And long before Caleb successfully led the battle to the top of that, that mountain that he claimed for God here, he was, he, Caleb was just a successful follower. He just successfully followed whatever order that he was given. As we are called soldiers of God, we are expected to follow the orders that God has given us. 
Listen to me. There is no successful leader. You will never meet a five-star general that does not know how to follow orders, that does not know how to obey orders. He did not climb that high and get to that position by allowing himself not to listen to what his orders said, by not being obedient. No, he got there because he knows how to follow orders, even sometimes when they don't make sense. Being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ is so important when everything's a mess, when it looks like it's going to fail, when you're overwhelmed, when you look like there's no way, but you say, God, you said so, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to believe it. God can totally bless that. So here, Caleb wasn't, he wasn't uh, the top dog here, but he was still a leader in his own right. Listen to me. Caleb was willing to follow orders and spying out the land. He was willing to go into the land where there was giants, where the other 10 of the 12 spies said, there's no way their heart melted, he said. But he said, I wholly followed the Lord. Caleb, Caleb knew he would never be the, the primary leader, but yet he still would willingly submit himself to the God-ordained spiritual influences and the spiritual leadership in his life. And that's when God can use you to the fullest. You have got, you have got, listen to me, you have got to have peace at where God has you and stop looking at where you want to go. And that will give you so much peace. And God can use you in such a mighty way and such a powerful way in your life and the lives of other people. When you realize that, wait a minute, this is where God has me. Amen. God can truly use you because you're at peace with what God has for you instead of wanting your own will and your own way. There's nothing wrong for being zealous for the Lord. There's nothing wrong with being fired up for the Lord. Just don't let that get ahead of where God wants you to be. Amen? So most believers, most Christians, most of us, most of us in church, if not all their lives, if not all of our lives, will not be the top dog, will not be the top leader. That does not mean that God cannot use you to your absolute full potential and even more so. It is my personal belief that if every church member was totally and fully sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ as being a witness, so you don't have to get a paycheck from the church to be in ministry. That is a great big misconception nowadays. I believe that. You do not have to get a paycheck from the church to be in ministry. I believe some of the greatest ministers that have ever lived, that ever will live, worked a normal job Monday through Friday, and were just church members, but they were faithful witnesses wherever they went. And let me just tell you, you can reach more than the pastor of your church or the leaders of your church ever will because you are around all kinds of people that they won't never be around. You can reach people that they can't reach because God has put them in your path in your life. Will you be sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ? Even the mighty apostle Paul worked a job as a tent maker. He wasn't scared to put his hands to the table to work, amen? And we should not be either. So here, Caleb, he knew he wouldn't be the top dog, but he was totally and 
fully sold out as we should be. That is of utmost importance that you are willing and submitted and completely and fully committed to following God and the leadership that God has in your life. And you say, well, what if they mess up? Well, what if I've seen something they did or something they said? Or, or Don't put your trust in them. You put your trust in God. If they mess up, that's between them and God. And let me just tell you, they're going to mess up. Let me just tell you, I'm going to mess up. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your trust in God Almighty. And if they're a godly person, they'll repent of that. They'll get right from that. They'll see that you're trying to do the right thing. Amen. Trust God, not them. That don't mean you don't love them. You love them with everything you got. The Bible says that we should love thy neighbor. It says you should love your enemy. You should love everyone and let God sort all the rest out. That's your job to be a faithful witness and to love them. Nowhere does God say you make them pay for what they said. You make them pay for what they did. You make them feel bad. You shame them. You run them down. You slander them. Nowhere does God say that in the Bible. God says, I will handle it. You love them, you pray for them, you forgive them. That is our job as Christians. You say, well, that's not easy, preacher. You're right. It's very hard. Nothing that is worth doing in this life is easy. It is an uphill battle. But you, you will feel your best and be at your best and be at peace when you do what God has told you to do. Like Caleb here he, he may have had in his mind, you know what? I would love to lead. I'd love to be in charge. I'd love to be out in the front leading the pack just because I'm zealous for God. But God said, that's not where I have you. This is where I have you. And be faithful with what God has for you. It's so important to God that you follow orders. Remember that. You are a soldier of the cross. A warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a man named Private Raymond. He was in Germany. He was in the 12th Infantry after World War II. So during maneuvers, he was put on guard duty to guard some pontoon banks on a river, on a riverbank. But because of some oversight, they put him there and they said, you don't, you don't leave until you are relieved of your duty, as they would take turns. But because of some oversight, he didn't get relieved properly. And so he stayed his posts. And the next shift come along and he didn't get relieved properly. And he stayed his post day and night. It rained on him. Some farmers even felt bad and brought him some food. Days and days went by. I believe it was six days. And finally, they sent him some relief. When he was finally relieved, he got back to his outfit, to his camp. And his commanding officer, listen to me, his commanding officer praised his strong sense of of duty. I followed the last order that you gave me and was willing to die for it. I stood my ground. The commanding officer praised him for that strong sense of duty. But do you know what his buddies did? They mocked him. They made fun of him. They wisecracked him. They said he had a hole in his head. Sometimes that can happen too, Christian. God, may, you may, he may be totally pleased with you and say, good job. Like with Job's friends, Job was sold out to God. And he would not curse him. He said, I, I will serve him. Yet he, even if he slays me, I will serve him. And his friends came 
and they, they accused him of all kind of things. It's your fault and this, that, and the other. Uh, he probably felt like this soldier did. I did what was right. I did. I'm following the orders I was given, and they're running me down. Can I just say, before we get too mad at them, before we get too upset with them, God didn't give them that command. God gave you that command. God's not going to hold them accountable for the command that he gave you. God's going to hold you accountable for the command that he gave you. Caleb understood that. Caleb knew that this is my responsibility. This is what God told me to do. And I am going to wholly follow the Lord, even though the rest of these are sold out. They're laughing. They're scared. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter to me. I am going to follow what God has told me to do. God said we could conquer the land. That was the promised land. He was going to give it to us. And I believe him. I will stand my ground. I will not leave my post. But many times, pride can get in the way. Pride can lift its head and just mess everything up. It can mess you up, your, your, your battalion, your army, your church, your home, your marriage, your, your spouse. It can just tear your world up. Roger Stallback, who led the Dallas Cowboys to victory in Super Bowl uh, number 11 back in 1972. This, this quarterback was a, an amazing, great quarterback. And he admitted that his position as a quarterback he said, I didn't get to call my own plays. I didn't get, get to call my own signals. And this was a great source of a trial for him. It was very, very hard. He wanted to call his own plays. I am the quarterback of this team. But Coach Tom Landry sent in every single play. And he told Stotchback when it came to pass and when to run. Only in a, in a major emergency situation could this quarterback change the play. And the coach told him, you had better be right if you change it. Even though Stauntzback, the coach, the, the, the quarterback, considered the coach Landry to have a, a genius football mind. When it came to the football strategy, pride. Pride swelled up in the quarterback and said that I should be able to do it myself. I should be able to call my own shots. I should be in charge of my own team. I am the quarterback. But Stalchback later said, the quarterback, he, he finally realized, and he said, I faced up to the issues of obedience. And once I learned to obey, there was harmony, there was fulfillment, and there was victory. Listen to what this quarterback said now. He said, once I learned to obey, once I learned obedience, he said, there came harmony, there came fulfillment, and there came victory. Amen? Listen to me, Christian. That's great for us. Once we realize all I need to do is just simply obey God. Amen? There can be harmony. Harmony with what? Harmony in your home, harmony in your church, harmony at your job, harmony in your heart, and there can be great fulfillment. Yes, you say, well, how can me following God fulfill my marriage? Because you are doing what God called you to do. And when you do that, it doesn't matter if you're going into the deepest, darkest hole on the planet. When you do that, God puts fulfillment in your heart. You are fulfilling something that, that the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sea, the ones that his words are so powerful 
that he spoke everything we see into existence. You are obeying his word and he puts his fulfillment in your heart. And then finally, Christian, when you do that, it doesn't matter if you understand. All that matters is that you obey and God brings the victory. Harmony, fulfillment, and victory. But you know what was stopping this quarterback from getting all that before he finally, finally submitted himself? Pride was stopping him from having harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Hey, Christian, is pride stopping you from having victory, from having harmony, from having fulfillment in your life? Pride is a destroyer of everything that God wants. And God hates pride. You say, well, wait a minute. I thought God was love. He is love, but God's just like you. We're made in His image. God has anger. God has wrath. Listen to what Proverbs says in chapter 6 and verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Seven are an abomination unto him. The very first one he lists, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Those are the things that God hates. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Something that God hates. But listen, the fear of the Lord will remove that from your life. Listen to me. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. Fear can be a very good thing. You know that fear stops you from putting your hand in the fire? That's a good, healthy fear, isn't it? Fear stops you from getting sticking your finger in the light socket and get electrocuted. That's a good fear, isn't it? Yes, because that fear keeps you safe. And you have got to see the fear of the Lord just like that. That fear of the Lord, it keeps me safe. It keeps me where I want to be. And what is the fear of the Lord? If you had to define the, the fear of the Lord, what exactly is it? Well, the Bible gives us exactly what it is in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 13. He says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. So if you're wondering what the fear of the Lord is, there it is. There's the biblical, the Bible definition. It's to hate evil, pride, and arrogance. And the evil way and a froward mouth do I hate. What is a froward mouth? Somebody that just is belligerent, that just is ruthless with their words. That will just tear into somebody and not worry about hurting that people or their family or whatever else or, or their ministry or their children or, or whatever else. Now, anybody can get mad and say a few words, but if you do it all the time, then you know you got a problem with it. If you're angry all the time, then you know you got a problem with it. If you're arrogant all the time, you know you have a problem with it. If you're prideful all the time, and this is my personal belief. The reason that God lists that one first, pride, because pride comes with all those other things. It's attached. All those other things are attached to pride. When you start lifting yourself up in pride and in your mind, you see, you start lifting yourself up above other people. That's what the Pharisees did. 
They looked down on others. At least they thought they were looking down, but they really weren't. They really weren't. As we can do very easily, don't think that you are not prone to that because we all are in some way. We have to keep our lives and our heart and our eyes and our ears and our mouth in check with God and keep pride out of our life because it will creep in and you'll think like this quarterback, wait a minute, I should be calling the shots. Wait a minute, I'm the one throwing the ball here. Wait a minute, I should, do, I should be able to control this. And God says, no, you just simply be obedient to every single play that I give you and I'll give you harmony and I'll give you fulfillment and I will definitely give you victory. So as a leader, Caleb knew the heart of God and he tried to lead the people and to do what God would have them to do. And God had promised the people that they could win the victory in the land. And Caleb knew that. And Caleb believed that. And Caleb's response for those that are fearful, and listen to me, this is important, because if you're going to serve God, if you're going to charge forward, if you're going to truly be sold out for the Lord, there's going to be people that are fearful around you. They, maybe they're just fearful for you. Maybe they just say, man, they're crazy. They quit their job. They sold their house. They're moving to Tanzania to do what? That is crazy. But you say, no, I, I know the Lord's going to bless it. Amen. Caleb's response to those that were fearful was, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. That's in Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 30. God's word guides his people today. God's word guides your life today. And many times I've noticed it, it's not a matter of right and wrong. Oftentimes we think about that, but the Bible doesn't tell you what car to buy. The Bible doesn't tell you what job to get. The Bible doesn't tell you what spouse to marry. The Bible doesn't. All these little, little and big decisions in your life. A lot of times the decisions is between right and right. Which is right? The right one or the right one? I got three or four of them here. All of them are right. That's when you have to get on your knees and let the peace of God rule in your heart. And God will give you the peace that you're supposed to have. God will let you know by the harmony and fulfillment that he gives you in your heart that, hey, this is the right decision. Both of them could be right, but this is the one that I have for you. And it's the peace of God. Listen to me. It is the peace of of God that rules in your heart, that lets you know that that is the right decision to make. That is the way I should go. That is the way I should lead my family. Caleb had that peace. He knew that's where God had him. He knew that's what he was supposed to do. There was a man named William Carey. He was a cobbler. He was a shoemaker, a man who most would say was not well equipped to do anything spectacular or even special and yet God used him to translate the Bible into 40 languages, to start 20 churches, to be a very successful man in the Lord's eyes and do what God him called him to do. His whole life could be encapsulated in one timeless statement. Here it is. Attempt great things for God and expect great things for God. Christian, we should adopt that to our life. We know we can attempt great things for God to actually do what he's called us to do, to do his, his word, that he has given us the victory over this world, over death, over Satan, and we just need to claim it for our home, for our house, for our life, for our wife, for our husband, for our children. Amen? 
to believe it. God has given us the promised land that we can have a good life, a good harmonious life. Amen. Be sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ by simply being obedient. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.